This is The Dog Days with Ollie Scott, Junior Elstal and Ian McKenzie. Hello and welcome to the first ever Zoom recorded podcast uh, by The Dog Days. Ian, Andy, how are you doing? Very good, I'm loving it. Oh, we're, yeah, not, we're not getting used to this, are we? <laughs> uh, it's going to be difficult because you can't you can't read the body language when when one of you goes to speak, can you? No, now now I'm fearful to say anything. I'm trying. No, to same. I'm also getting scared. Well, if, if you can't tell, if you can't tell, and if you're listening to this, um, this is well for Ian and I. It's our first time. Andy, you're a pro, so we're going to take a lead here. We're looking forward to you sort of like guiding us through Narnia and showing us how this all works. Um, but I guess. I guess before we go into what this podcast is about and that sort of stuff, Andy, it's your third time back. Welcome back again. Yes. Uh, thank you. That's I know, but you, you've not, you're chasing, you're tailing uh, Josh Connolly at the moment. So, That's right, yeah. He's storming ahead, mate. I think yeah, he's like, Josh is angling for a, for a main seat, though, isn't he? Yeah. Oh. So. <laughs> I'm good. Well, I'm, I'm putting in my top effort. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty proud of free. So thank okay, you well, for having me back. Well, no, yeah. thank you. It's, it's great to have you here. So, I guess I wanted to check in. I mean, we're all running very different lives. Um, we are day, I forget what day we are now, maybe it's six or seven into into quarantine. Um, Ian, I'm going to check in with you, mate. I've not really asked you. I've not even asked you this as a friend, but how are you finding it so far, brother? Um, well, there's there's two parts of me. There's a part of me that's enjoying it, I'm not going to lie, from a, from a, a way of, um, which I described in the last episode. Naturally, I don't, I do go out of the house quite a bit, but I don't always feel the need to be out and about socialising all the time. I'm one of those that quite enjoys um, being quiet and, and having personal time. So that side of me is enjoying it. But I'll be lying if I, if, I, if I don't miss social contact. Having just started a new job a few months back, I know, sorry, a month back, that's one of the, the things I've noticed. The time, time is really confusing at the moment. Um, but yeah, I just got into a routine of being in an office again, meeting new people, um, you know, socialising. Obviously, I've always had my football midweek and all of that's kind of taken away. So there is a part of me which is a bit, uh, yeah, not enjoying. I, I, I think I miss the social element quite a lot, more than I... Well, so I somebody, somebody's surgically removed you from your house and put you into a studio. How are you finding being confined into a studio space? Yeah, <laughs> I, I am now living in a virtual dog day studio. It's a bit of a matrix and I don't know how to get out. But yeah, long... It looks long... like a, an insanity cell. Like, it's like you've been padded up. I painted... Can you see in the top corner? I spray painted those myself. I've had that It's amazing. Um, it really is yeah, amazing. it's... Uh, look, I'm back on the Xbox. I'm gaming. I'm enjoying that. That's what, I'm still able to catch up with my friends, but there is a part of me which is missing social interaction. And I think why this 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 call will be helpful, or this podcast will be helpful, is because a Andy, you've always injected a lot of positivity uh, physically when we when we when we've met you. So let's hope we can get that virtually. That'll be that'll tell us that our podcasts it can be done this way. But also. Um, you know, you have helped a lot of people set habits. And I think right now in, in, in like how we're living, uh, it's more important than ever to have healthy habits because it's quite easy to pick up uh, unhealthy habits, I think, when, when we're in situations like this. Oh, yeah, totally agree. And even before we get into that, what's really interesting, I had a conversation with Ollie off air before, and the three of us are sort of enjoying this confinement in a weird way isn't it i thought i think most people probably went into this thinking it was going to be horrific and all doom and gloom don't get me wrong massive caveat if you're a 
single parent with three kids confined to a small space. I bet it's a, a bit of a disaster. But I think for many of us, we're quite enjoying like the lockdown. And do you know what I think it is? There's a great book by a guy called Barry Swartz, and the book is The Paradox of Choice. I don't know if you're familiar with that book, but it's a really interesting book. I'm basically saying that in this modern world, we've got so much choice. Mm don't know what to do with ourselves all the time and that is a cause of a lot of our angst and our concern and our FOMO and all this stuff because we can do basically anything we can almost do any job we can travel to any country we can go out and see who we like we've just got such a plethora of choice whereas historically we had very very minimal choice and I think what's happened I've only just started to figure this out our choices have just been completely shrunk down to the bare minimum basic and I think there's something really refreshing about that so really refreshing about not having to think about a bazillion things that I need to do. And it's like, I'm just to get on with the basic stuff. You know, yeah, I, I, I think that's a great point. Also with that, I think that's the side of me that's enjoying doing more lazy things because I feel like I don't have a shame hanging over me for playing an Xbox. I don't have shame hanging over me for doing things that I actually enjoy. Whereas before, I guess... I guess I would, but because our choices are so limited, I know that I have to stay inside the house and have one exercise a day. If I do my exercise a day, I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm over the moon really because I can just like game all I want. I can do those those things that I do actually like to do as a human, but I sometimes feel bad to do. Something I have found though with the choice, definitely you're right in terms of like, we know we have to be isolated, but I found that during this time, there's so much opportunity for us to do stuff on the dog days or for me to do something on FC Not Alone. And also I'm balancing that with my job. So it's like I, I want to find a way to do my creative projects uh, efficiently whilst I've got the time. But I'm finding it hard to do anything other than just um, constantly in sort of downtime when I finish my normal job. But it feels like now is a great opportunity because there's no commute time, which I think wastes a lot of your energy and it wastes a lot of your time normally. Yeah, and just to jump in on the commutes are great for podcasts, though, what I will say. I think all those little moments, sometimes like I used to spend a lot of time on my commute writing. So there's pluses and minuses to all these things. But back to your point about using this time productively, I think, again, this is a brilliant opportunity. Even personally, um, I just literally yesterday said to my wife, I think in the next six weeks, I reckon I'll get as much done as I would have done in six months going about my normal routine of meetings and seeing people with all of that, again, social noise, just dampened down. I think there is a real opportunity. But at the same time, I think what you're discovering is that it's still quite quick, uh, difficult to execute on that because there are these new sort of temptations that are springing up. There's less pressure, as we said, that sort of FOMO. It's like, actually, now don't feel as guilty about jumping on the Xbox. And then suddenly days disappeared and then you can imagine mm. it might be three weeks and there'll be that regret of blimey that was a missed opportunity so um just on that note i think understanding what i do about willpower here's the thing about willpower i mentioned this before it's like a metaphorical muscle and i think in these strange situations that we're in we're probably using a lot of willpower all around us at the moment just because our environment has been shifted so much or it could be that you're in a close space with a partner or friend or parent or whatever it is and I think what's happening to a lot of people, and I'm seeing this through the groups that we run, is that by the afternoon, people are a bit spent. They've got less sort of get up and go to do those things that they promised themselves they were going to do, like exercise or move their body. So I think 
before we get deep into this, I think the mornings are becoming really important. Again, not necessarily getting up at the crack of dawn type mornings because there's less pressure to do that. But in the mornings, your willpower tanks are that little bit higher. So you've got more chance, I think, of doing the things that you've sort of promised yourself that you're going to do of a morning. I completely agree. I've, I think that's the biggest change that's happened to me. I, I had a call with one of my business coach or my business coach the other day. And I was saying, it's mad. I wake up in the morning with, it's not just willpower, it's also a really positive outlook on on how my day can be. I th- I can see very clearly my problems and I can see what I can do to, to provide solutions. And then almost like I'm doing a, a, a virtual commute and I'm picking up everything else. I'm looking at this new part, what was it, house party app? I can go on that. Um, should I read that book that I was going to read? Should I learn the piano? Suddenly I get this, this angst of, of, like you were saying, choice. I, I get choice paralysis, which kind of, embeds its way into my brain by 2 p.m. where I just feel, like you said, spent. I'm, I'm kind of there going, oh, Jesus Christ, Like, where do I even start? There's so much to do. <laughs> and actually, it was one of the things, because I know your book, Let's Do This, you you wrote a lot about kind of, you know, this shopping list of, of New Year's resolutions and these kind of wild goals. And what, what, what normally happens is people look at that list and they go, I don't know where to start, and they don't do them. I'm kind of having that on a daily basis with the potentials of the things that I can do. And so like Ian, I'll choose to do a mind-numbing thing instead. I, I'm crap at gaming. I was never allowed to game when I was just like, that's not my thing. So at the moment, I'm just kind of going, I'm actually having that moment of fucking, what do I actually do? What do I actually do? Yeah. <laughs> um, anything objective, we can, we can talk about at some point in terms of like, okay, I've got all these, these things that I could potentially do. I could learn cooking. I could buy that salt fat, whatever that book is, you know, everyone's buying your Tulengi. Where, where do you, how do you start to go, right, what is it I actually want to do? And what, what, where do I start? Yeah, I think a bit of planning needs to be had because we've just sort of stumbled into this situation, haven't we? We didn't really see it come, well, none of us saw it coming. No. So I think suddenly at home, lockdown, it's like we're just clambering around and just trying to sort of stumble in the dark and find our way. Whereas actually, I think it's a really good exercise just to stop just for a minute and actually use maybe one day, just dedicate the whole day just to planning it out. Like, what could you do? Freestyle your goals in terms of this time that you've got, this lockdown time. How could you use it productively and get everything out on paper? Like, in, you know, that visceral experience of getting it down on paper and just freestyle it, throw everything at it. Like, what could you do? As you said, learn the piano, study for a degree or whatever, you know, like go wild. Don't let reality get in the way particularly and then do a bit of work to refine that. And I think... A couple of the things you can do to refine those goals down, because I'm a big fan of just sort of one thing at a time. Back to your point, if you try and do everything at once, nothing's going to happen, right? And it is that paralysis of choice. That is the paradox of choice. You end up doing nothing because you just don't know what to do next. A good way to refine it, which I'm sure many of your listeners will know, is the 80-20 rule. I'm sure you're familiar with, but it's that Pareto's law of, you know, that 20% that gives you the 80% back. And I think if you use that mindset when you're trying to refine down those goals then, so say you set 10 goals that you could do, learn piano, French, whatever it is, try and look at that 80-20 rule. How could you get that down to two goals? What are the two goals that are going to give you the most back over this period? Right, And it could be to write a book. And you're like, actually, do you know, I've got this wonderful opportunity. If I write a book that's going to be leveraged to start a new business, a new career, that's probably one of the things that's going to give me 80% of the reward back, that gets you down to two goals almost instantly out of 10, and then just play the same game again. Like what of those two goals, or which of those two goals is the one that's going to give me the most back? 
it's just a, like a refining system to narrow down that choice to one thing and then focus on it. And there might be other things around, right? Because you might get a bit bored just doing one thing, but you get the idea. I think without any structure or without a bit of a plan, it's a bit like today I'm going to learn French, tomorrow yeah. I'm going to do some gaming. And then you end up going nowhere. You're going to get six weeks down the line and go, oh, that was a bit naff. Yeah. I quite like I, I quite the theory, and I'm sure Ian will have a few points on this as well from the book. But I quite like that theory of when you sort of work back from a goal and you go, "Okay, what 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 are the three things, or what's the two things that I can do that will show as a vote uh, to get me nearer to you know achieving that goal, rather than big goal? What are you going to do to solve it today?" <laughs> it's a different way of thinking. Ian, what have you found anything? Because obviously you were a big advocate of the book at the time, and. You had that suit where you wore, you got the book signing with Andy when he came and met you. Um, oh, I, yeah. could, I could go get it. It is in the other room. Unfortunately, I don't have it and I'm not, I'm not going to... You burnt it, didn't you? Eh? I thought you... I thought you <laughs> <laughs> it did get cold. It a bit chilly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what, have, um, you, have you seen any habits slip or anything? Have you seen anything where you've gone, mm, this has been hard to maintain or... Yeah, so when I um, was in that process of reading the book, I was all about, and as you remember, I was wearing a suit and that was for a special reason. My habit or my, yeah, my habits were leading up to, say, for example, getting a job at the time. So that was my goal. So that was the, you know, that was where I was in my life. And that was always going to be my first, um, first goal of this year. And then that's evolved to focus solely on fitness. And obviously that's kind of, that was actually, I was on track. I was uh, doing well with that. I was recording um, my sort of, I was tracking my food. I was also, um like training all I ever did I got into weights for a bit but that all kind of got um yeah obviously got t- ripped away somewhat with with everything that's going on so I'm I'm um readdressing that goal again repurposing that goal um with the help of friends so my other one of my friend groups um we've, we're each setting like a fitness challenge for the week so this week I said that it's quite basic it's everyone has to do 100 sit-ups press-ups um and Play, uh, air squats oh dear right. I think I just pressed the button then I've got a touchscreen Mac oh that's not right, good you showed uh, off yeah and, and uh, so yeah squats press ups and sit ups and then we have to get 20km for the week so that's quite good in terms of if you relate that back to the sort of daily habit process mm. that I feel like there's a lot to do there daily which should instill um, at the end of this uh, you know that sort of long term goal of mine to be more yeah, to be fitter and to be more in, in you know, for, for fitness to be a bread and butter, bread and mm. butter sort of thing that I, I have rather than having to always push myself to do it. You've also got yeah. that, that social reliance as well. Like, it's quite embarrassing if you let your friends, like, you know, like if you see on Coach Carter, the person that's late to class isn't the one that does the burpees. It's always the class that does the burpees. or Andy, I feel sometimes when we talk, because Ian and I, you know, we're, I, I think we're probably getting into good habits now, thanks to your book, but definitely people out there, and I would say for the first five days of adapting to this, I definitely wasn't in any routine. I couldn't work out what was going on. I was a bit like, okay, do I do I shout? I did a fake commute on the first day, but that's been banned because I can only leave the house once a week, <laughs> once a day. Um, a Sorry, like can bit... you just explain what a fake commute is? Well, what yeah. I did, I... Yeah, <laughs> you okay, got right. out the so... house and opened the door again. Okay, my... I need, I need uh, because I'm an extrovert, apparently that means you have to leave the house, but I, I need to consume information so I can think about one thing. So if I'm doing a phone call, I'm much better if I'm walking around or if I'm like looking at things. So I, I would call, I do my first call of the day at like eight 
and I'd walk to West Brompton Station and I'd walk back and then I'd start my day because I just, I felt like I had to have that at least, at least that nailed down, then everything would lead on from there. And it's been quite a textbook habit stacking from there. It's been like, okay, well now I'll do the workout at 7am and then after that I'll make the coffee and I'll write my plans out and all the things I want to achieve. I'll be very honest, I write my things out almost really as a bit of a brain declutter and I just, I do them out of intuition, but I don't ever look back at the plan that I've written for the beginning of the day. But what I was going to ask you, Andy, is for, I think some people are struggling to maybe get into that habit. What, what's the laziest way of just getting started in some sort of, um, in, to get yourself into routine? I think because we know that routines are, are beneficial. We know that habits are beneficial for sanity um, and just general busyness and that feeling of productivity. But what, yeah, what, what's the laziest way of somebody to get started, do you reckon? And can I just add on that? Um, yeah, so laziest way to get started, but also um, any tips. I mean, I, I'm, I'm struggling to be as productive as I could be. So just any sort of general tips on productivity based on, yeah, based on routine. So what could, we, what could people be doing for, for their routines? Um, and I think that's pretty much what Ollie asked, but I'm just sort of further emphasizing it because I'm struggling myself uh, with pr- productivity at this moment and getting yourself even like changed properly to set up for your day, like <laughs> just getting into a good habits like that. Ian's wearing his pants right now. You can't see it. But right. just right so, so, last, so last night we were testing this and I accidentally knocked my web camera down and all you could see I was sat in my boxes. So that was... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, Andy, that's about a 15-minute question we've asked you there. But basically, what's the yeah. latest way to get started? Right. How can so, we be productive? Yeah, go. Sorry. I think it's a sort of a wind double around one thing and I'll come to that in a second. But what I think has happened to a lot of people that we mentioned because we've got less choice, for example... There's only meant to be this one opportunity to exercise every day, which I think has been great for people because instead of them thinking, I've got to do all this stuff, it's like, well, I've got to exercise once a day, that's it. And I think in doing something once per day, you start to to build that momentum you're talking about, Ian, of becoming someone that exercises every day. So on that note, I think the easiest thing that you can do to try and get the, the day rolling in the right way is to exercise when you get up. So to make that even easier get your kit ready the night before. It's just like a small thing, but have it at the end of the bed or whatever it is. You don't have to think, you don't have to get showered, you don't have to get washed. You literally roll out of bed at whatever time. Don't worry about getting up super early if you need a lying or you're a bit of a, an hour, as it were. Put your stuff on and get outside the house. I think getting outside the house and moving your body before you've had a chance to think about it, don't worry about breakfast or coffee or any of that stuff, just get rolling. And I guarantee you when you come back, from that run, having been out in the fresh air, you're going to feel invigorated, you're going to feel energised and then go straight into it. Whatever your big challenge for the day is, whether that is to, you know, do some work, write your book, learn your French or whatever it is, just roll straight into it. I mean, building some breakfast around that, but actually fasting's a really, I'm really into fasting at the moment, trying to go 12 hours plus. So that gives you a bit of an added bonus of not having to worry about breakfast so much because I can just roll straight into that morning run, that freshness, that brightness, and then boom, take on the biggest ch- challenges that you have first, as I mentioned right at the start of this, when your will power tanks are higher, so that if you start to fade at 2, 2.30 or whatever it is, then you jump on your Xbox, then you do stuff that's not going to take up a lot of your cognitive space. So yeah, just to summarise, I think get rolling as soon as you get up. But again, don't worry about getting up at a certain time or, or super early, but just get going then do the tough stuff 
and then allow yourself to drift off as the day. Depresses. I really like that. I also, you know, with the with the movement thing, so I've started to do this thing. It's with Man in London. We're going to have the founder on next week. I I forgot how beneficial it is to start everything small. And not just like, you know, this is everything from goals to research to learning the piano to whatever. But when you start in the morning, you roll out of the bed, you put your, your clothes on. The thing that I love is actually you haven't got to just run. You can just do your stretches. You can jog on the spot for a little bit. You can start even just the movements that you do. You, I guess I see exercise as a bit of a, um, like a, a story arc. It's a peak, isn't it, right? You start at the bottom of the mountain. It's all quite, you know, it's not as steep. Then you get, it gets steeper as you go on. Your body naturally kind of warms itself up and gets ready for it anyway. So that, that negativity um, fog that you're, you wake up with, everyone gets it. You kind of have to go, right, okay. I think the easiest way to get through that negativity fog is to go, oh, I've just got to do some stretches. I've just got to do a little jog on the spot and then I'll be okay. And then it's like, it's incremental, isn't it? You, your heart rates up, you go, okay, fine, I can start going again. I found, I found such value in doing that. They do that in the Man of London class where they just go, right, jog on the spot, then you go into star jumps, which are quite nice. Star jumps are easy. And then, you, you know, you're, you're sort of ready for a workout then. Um, yeah, and I think... Right, another, another good tip is just to say you're going to do it for five minutes. It's really simple. After the exercise, if you can get that going, but if you come back and you've got that big challenge for the day, just go, right, I'm going to give it five minutes, that's all. And nine times out of ten, once you've done five minutes of something, it's so much easier to do 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it is, it's just getting started is the hard bit. And there's so much science behind exercise, just invigorating the body and the mind. We know it ourselves, don't we? It's very hard to go out. You don't have to kill yourself on some super duper run and we can't really do that at the moment anyway, but it's very hard to go out and just get that fresh air and that, you know, your body's alive and then come back and just go and veg. You're sort of in a different space altogether. And I think that's what's happening to people. If you don't get that in early, you're in, and, and also let's remember this, right? For most people, their houses are places of relaxation. They're not mm. places of work. Do you know I mean, we chill in our house very often because we've been working really hard all week at work. So we've got all of those associations, all of those triggers with certain rooms, certain chairs of being relaxed. So all of a sudden, we're now trying to be super productive in that same environment don't underestimate how powerful that environment is all those triggers so everything in your environment is saying just chill out take it yeah. easy it's can Saturday I, can I just add to just for further context about the uh, morning the importance of exercising in the morning um, I can I can relate to two uh, examples this week where I went to do a run I have done two runs this week actually anyway but um, yesterday the run I did today was supposed to be done yesterday. And the reason it didn't get done yesterday is because I didn't, like, it got past the morning. I, I made an excuse and I was like, okay, no, I'll just do it at, say, sort of six o'clock. And then I was thinking, well, I can't do it at six o'clock because then it's not going to be sunny outside. There was literally about four or five different excuses that kept going throughout the day and progressing to, to, got to about sort of half seven. And then I decided that it was way too dark and it'd be more enjoyable to do it in the morning. So I feel like that just for me, it has been so important. I have to do it in the morning because otherwise three or four different excuses will move that uh, planned exercise across the timeline throughout the day, whether it be from, ah, oh, no, I'm going to eat. And if I eat now, then I'll have a full stomach, but I'm really hungry. Do you know what I mean? It's just constantly, yeah. I was just always like making excuses for it. So I've done two two runs this week and they've both been, um, yeah, they've both been in the morning and, and it was far more enjoyable. 
I found yeah. it. I found it really helpful. This sounds without going too woo woo, but I, I, I watched a really interesting um, webinar with with Stephen Bartlett. Woo woo, and he was speaking about um, what he does, the preparation he does before leaving the room. And I don't know if I'm not going to go into down the fucking NLP and you know all these all those weird things. And he starts saying them to yourself. I will be successful. I will be successful. I'll be a millionaire. None of that. It, but what he does, what I think has been a valuable thing for me to do, I always do cold showers in the morning. I've got myself into the habit of doing it now. Um, but it is, I, I try and take that shower now every morning to go, okay, this sounds really lame, but I, I do think what am I very thankful for having, particularly in this kind of time, it is really easy to look to compare against your old life. I think we're almost mourning our old life in a way where it's like I could go down to the pub, I could have all these things, but I don't have them anymore. It's really easy to look back at that and go, I haven't got that now. But Jesus, look, all three of us are alive, we're healthy, we're well, compared to a lot of people that aren't right now. So I I just, I try every morning now, if I can remember to do it in the shower, to remind myself all the reasons why I'm thankful. And then I put the cold tap on and I torture myself with some cold, cold water. But I found that again, you know, starting, starting like that has been really, really helpful. Yeah, and I think I would experiment with all of those things. Cold showers are brilliant. As long as you don't scream the house down, I tend to do that. So I just sort of tone it down for a while. But also another thing that I do, if you want to really super power it up, I can't think if I mentioned this before, but what I would often do is put my favorite sort of motivational guru in my ears. Tony Robbins is someone that I really like. So if you put on a bit of Tony Robbins and then do your run, by the time you come back, you literally want to just take over the world. It's one of them. I always had to stop it for a while. Because it was too much. I was just like, I'm going to, you know, you're the You listen to, because I only really listen to music when I do run. So do you listen to, you've listened to that, those kind of um, stuff as well? Yeah, yeah. And I mix it up sometimes when I'm in the gym as well. Although when I'm in the gym and I'm really concentrating, I can't quite do both almost, but I can run and take it in. Um, really well especially if it's the Anthony Robbins stuff because it's you can sort of dip in and dip out when it catches your attention it's you know he's he's firing you up firing you up but I would often do that when I was walking more so than running to be honest when I was walking from A to B I'd put him on so I could actually really be with his words and by the time I arrived at my destination you are on fire so I'm just thinking that's probably another great Mm-hmm. Tip. If you what we might that. do actually consider that we're so like digital is Sham or whoever's going to be helping us out with this the new legend that is Sham that put in in that little isolated cell if you could send us the link of that thing with, with Tony Robbins singing we're going to put it like either somewhere here or in the link or somewhere in the comments because yeah, yeah. this is the kind of stuff that we need to be seeing and sharing you know it's almost it's the opposite as to what I thought we'd be talking about today you know motivational speeches and stuff but actually when you are in the right, because I don't listen to that if you're not in the right place. I, the one thing I would say, the one caveat I would say is if you are in Xbox mode, lying on the couch, for fuck's sake, don't put Tony Robbins in your ears because you'll feel like a useless <laughs> potato. But yeah. you are on that morning run. Yeah, sure. It's, and I think supercharge or super duper charge, as you put it, is the right term. It really will. It's like if you already feel motivated, this is the kind of thing that's nitrous oxide for that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, if we can put that in, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh. And I just, just to build on that, I think in the current climate that we're in, because we've got less distraction, I reckon nearly every single person listening to this call could do everything they need to do before about midday or one o'clock is the truth. If we were really on it, we could pretty much get the whole day's work done, tick all those boxes. 
by about one o'clock and then just chill, you know, chill for the afternoon, give yourself the afternoon off, do what you actually enjoy doing, whether that's Xbox or reading or whatever it is. Genuinely, I think you can just blitz it. There's a real opportunity to get so much done. And just on that note, I'm on a roll. There's a great book called Deep Work that I may have mentioned before by a guy called Cal Newport, which is just finding these blocks of time to go deep. If you build in a couple of those, two 90-minute blocks, I always guarantee you could pretty much do your whole day's work if you're meant to still be at work. So just on that, is that something you implement then, Andy? So how how could we go about implementing those blocks? Yeah, so those 90 minutes are really precious to me all the time. That's exactly how I do it. I mean, some people, 60 minutes is, is, is enough. 90 minutes, I think, is about the most you can do. And when I say deep work, it's like no phone, maybe headphones in just to block out the noise, shut the door and just do that thing that you said you were going to do and just 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 make it happen in that environment where you're not distracted by phones or meetings. So actually right now, there's a really nice opportunity to do this because in the real world, when it gets back to normal, it's mm. incredibly difficult to find 90 minutes without the distraction of a phone call or a WhatsApp or an email. So I think it's quite a good opportunity to experiment with some of that. And you will be amazed how much you get done in a genuine 90 minute block without distraction i guarantee it's two to three times what you do whilst half distracted with emails and phone calls and whatnot it's amazing we're so the pace of life is slowed down this is the brilliant thing that we're getting from this right we're almost because i spoke a lot about going in deep and i think maybe once or twice a week i give myself the opportunity to do on a normal week not not on a week like this I will give myself the opportunity to go in deep, right? And it's, it normally happens by accident. I'm, I leave my phone outside and my laptop's in the other room and I've got a notepad and pen. And I go, oh, and I write. And I'm in deep in this situation. I'm thinking and there's nothing that's getting in the way of it. I've got a very clear understanding of what I want to do with this piece of paper and pen. And almost it allows for spontaneity because you've been so confined into this one thing and not three, you go deeper. You haven't got the distractions or the temptation to look at your phone. And that's the thing. When you do, when you try to go deep and your phone's there, the minute there's a challenging moment in whatever you're doing, let's say I'm rewriting my website copy at the moment and I'm, I'm typing away and I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be really good. And then I get to a word that I can't find the word. What I do then, my brain gets triggered of you're bored, you're confused, look at something that eases this, go for the path of least resistance. I pick up my phone, I get a nice dopamine hit of a notification and I'm off. I'm in my WhatsApp and suddenly what was once a really deep project that I was getting a lot done I, I'm tempted and moved across into the easier thing to do the moment I hit where the challenge. So I think the in deep thing, the, the, uh, the theory is that you can't, you can't distract yourself when it gets hard. Uh, what was it John Cleese used to say when he wrote, um, when he wrote those books, what was it? Uh, the 40 towers thing, whoever it was that wrote 40 towers or Monty Python, he used to lock himself away in that room with a notepad and a pen. And he used to just wait until something came to him. What he did, he was going deep. He applied confinements to his life, i.e. removing phones and laptops and, and having to go deep because there's nothing else to distract him. Yeah, that's, yeah, just on that, there's one thing I do, I am. I guess I'm struggling with at the moment with going deep is there is a lot of distraction whilst we're in this uh, digital sort of self-isolation because everybody, it's getting a little bit better now, but everybody has, has tried to be this, the most sort of reputable news source um, when sharing corona information and... And and also it's been very important for us to keep up to date with the news because it's it's actually changed our lifestyle and there's been re restrictions put upon us. So and and we're all going through this together. So 
we 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 feel the need to constantly sort of be communicating to each other via, via WhatsApp. So for me, that's something that I really want to try and imply is this going in deep. But I am finding more distractions than ever in terms of my WhatsApps or like all of these new apps that are popping up, like Zoom, Teams, Outlook. I've got all of them for my work, um, but they all. If you start writing something and you hear one of those little notifications like ding, it can just take you straight out of what you were doing, and, it, and, it, and it's and that's something I'm, I'm noticing a lot. There's a lot of new notifications that I'm seeing popping up everywhere. So I probably house need, party. Yeah. it's house ooh, a house party. Suddenly, I don't know if you guys are on this yet, but it's it's like bang, Ian is in the house. It's mental. <laughs> that is the most. Yeah. That is the most distract. By the way, on this app, right? If you're talking to somebody. And somebody else knows you, they can just jump in your chat. Yeah. They can just join your conversation, whether you let them or not. <laughs> my wife, um, she gets on with her friends. They'll jump on, all, all the girlfriends, as it were. And they're on just the other night. And then one of the boyfriends jumped into their party. And they were like, oh, oh really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to lock it. If you don't lock it, anyone can, anyone that sees you, as you say, can just jump in. You can lock the call. Can you lock the call? You can lock it. I think when you yeah, you can lock the call. Yeah, definitely. I didn't know that. That's brilliant. I love yeah. that. I'm actually not cool now. I'm getting a call from a house party. That is a distraction. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. What uh, is going Andy, on? Andy, how's your work and your lifestyle uh, changed with all of this? I, I always assume you to be outdoors all the time uh, and yes. very energized outdoors. And that that's been curtailed. And I was actually saying through the early days of this get out in nature right spend your time in the country parks it's probably the safest place you can possibly be and then everyone was going to the country parks and i think they got they've shut the country parks in essex which i think they've gone in a bit early because it's still a great place to allow people to move their bodies right in these vast open spaces so yeah it's could tell that a little bit but then i'm running around the local neighborhood with my daughters and whatnot so do you know what like all of these things and what i will say it's made me realize once again that us humans just adapt. We are so adaptable. It's unbelievable. Like if you sort of said to us two months ago, this is going to happen, we'd all go, oh, it'd be a complete disaster. That will never, ever happen. No one will ever do that. Yeah, here we are. And actually, as we said at the start of the call, we're sort of quite enjoying it. It's amazing how quickly we adapt. And I'm sort of hoping that the slower pace, maybe a bit of deep work, is going to give people real insight that they didn't have before because they've always been so distracted. And that's the thesis behind the book, Deep Work by Cal Newport, is that at a time when deep thinking is more prized than ever, it's increasingly rare because everyone is one ping away from a WhatsApp call or an email. So no one's really getting like into those deep discoveries or those breakthrough moments because we're sort of in this surface layer all the time. So on that note, I think try and cultivate. It doesn't have to be 90 minutes. Yeah, even if it's 30 minutes, just try it, right? You don't need to know what's going on for 30 minutes in the news necessarily. Just park the phone, shut the door and just have a go at it. Just start to play around with it. But what you'll find is, I think, that you'll get more done in 30 minutes of like deep work than you do of 90 or two hours of half distracted work. That is really insightful. That's such yeah. an interesting thing about that thing. The only thing of value now is depth because anybody can be in contact with anyone now, right? So all, all we have to value is people that have spent time in learning their craft, whether it's building a relationship, whether it's learning an instrument. You only really value people that can do things really well now because anybody can do anything. 
and everyone's stuck. So like it's really rare for someone to cultivate exactly that, that like deep work and make those breakthroughs, whether it's to become a virtuoso or a business breakthrough. So if you can get in there, you've got a much higher chance of coming forth with things that people value because everyone else is stuck. I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Loving that. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, the most important take I've taken from this is something, a task I want to do this weekend, and I, I guess I would encourage all of our tasks to do it. But whilst a lot of us, including me, have got all these things that I want to do in this period, and there's so many different things I could do, I think it's important to lock myself away for 30 minutes, a pen and a paper, and just journal and write out exactly what I intend to do for the next few months, what's achievable, how can I still you know, have my leisure time on, on gaming and catch up with people that way. But what can I do from a productive point of view? Um, and I think that's definitely a task I want to try and do this weekend for sure. I'd also say with that as well, because I think I went on my call with Annie before this, I was saying, like, oh, there's so many things I could do. That we do need to be able to relax as well. I think, and picking one is enough, you know, because I think that's why I've had the reoccurring New Year's resolution of learn the piano, which I'm pretty sure is never going to happen. But I, if I just picked that one thing, then I'd go and do it. I think right now I'm, I'm analysing and I've, I've noticed maybe it doesn't mean enough to me for me for that to be my my thing. So I think, yeah. like you're saying, when you spend that time, 30 minutes on your own, journaling and writing, maybe write about all the things that you really enjoy doing already because then the thing will come to you. I think the thing, <clears throat> if you start to write, what do I love actually doing? Then whatever the bigger thing that you want to do to go in deep on and learn, it will seem a lot more natural and you'll want to do it a lot more, I think. Yeah, all of these reflective time is just really important because, again, most of the time we never stop and we've got all of these distractions. Maybe now, over this next week or so, which is brilliant, Ian, I think is the right thing to do, just pause for a minute, just take half an hour and just write some of this stuff out. What is it you enjoy doing? What are the goals that you would like to achieve? And as you just said there, Ollie, you might find in this space that we've finally got actually something bubbles to the surface and you go do you know what actually it's not about the piano what I'd love to do is this and actually maybe I can learn to cook or or whatever it is or write a book might just bubble up or some business idea might come forth but I think giving yourself a bit of space to think about this stuff is so powerful and so overlooked in modern busy living because there never is a moment's peace and then just to, to, to wrap back to that something Ollie said there's really important also relax and enjoy yourself you know that is that is key to all of this i think if you go in hard early on then you can chill out in the afternoon that's that's my approach and then almost set that up as a reward so your xbox is the reward you get on your xbox at 2 30 but you know you're going to crush it before 2 30 and then you're done right for the day and then you can enjoy your xbox and not constantly be thinking oh, i should be learning french or playing the piano or, oh, I haven't done a run and it's getting late and all those excuses. Get it all done. It's so simple, isn't it? But get as much as you can done, can done in the morning and then you can enjoy your afternoons and enjoy your leisure time. Uh, yeah. I've got a lot from this. I, I mean, for me, that, that this is exactly what I wanted. You know, Ian and I are looking at putting this to, you know, out in video form as well, whatever. Um, we wanted this to be objective. I feel like this has been. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's been really, really good. I think, um, it'll be good just to end on, I do have a question or a general sort of discussion, considering the, what what we are in and we've been speaking around it. How, how, we've mentioned a few little points, how it can change. I mean, I, think, I guess the question is to you, Andy, how do you think society will progress um, 
once this is all over, how will we, how will we progress as a society? What will we realize? And I think something I I've I'm going to answer it a little bit. Uh, when you when you put it down to one exercise a day, like you say, when you make it so simple, you see more people now exercising that probably weren't exercising before because yeah. there's too much choice. There's literally you've got okay, should I do here? Uh, there's so many. I don't need to explain how much choice there are. There is an ex- exercise world. So I think that's something we're going to learn is that. We can simplify things and get the results we want. Um, and I think we've been hit by a lot of marketers trying to sell us a lot of things that we, we don't really need. And we're, we're going to realize that quite quickly. But yeah, I guess it would be a, a, just a couple of minutes on how, how you might see um, yeah, society progressing from this. And we can all talk about it. Yeah, so my sort of tuppence worth is similar to what you just said there. I think people are going to realize through this process actually what's really important like the simple things quality sleep decent food moving our body once a day connection you know i think we're all realizing how important connection is and what's really interesting about connection up until just recently if i run a mastermind it was the one thing that people were struggling with even in busy cities like people everywhere there's this like modern day you know malaise of people struggling for connection the johan harry book i don't know if you're familiar with that book lost connections he cites this study. It's a really famous study from about 30 years ago when they first run it. These social scientists, they would ask Americans, how many people can you turn to in a moment of celebration or crisis? The average was a pitiful three. So just three people. This was 40 years ago. When they run the same study about four years ago, the average was none. Isn't that sad? Like you can't go any lower than that. It cannot go lower than none. So the average... American had no people that they felt that they could turn to in a moment of crisis or celebration. And I think we've lost so much connection uh, in the world. And obviously this enforced separation, I think, is going to make us realise how important connection is with others. Our community is definitely bringing communities together. We're closer with our local community than we've ever been. Everyone's helping out each other. I think we might realise that we need to travel less to find pleasure and enjoyment, the simple things in life are more important. I think it could be, you know, the green shoots that come out of this could be really powerful for, I think, society as a whole to realise, do you know what, it's the simple things that matter. All the rest is fluff. And I think so much of that needless fluff is the stuff that's making us unhappy, is the stuff that's making us work longer and longer and chase our tails constantly to get all this stuff we don't need. So, yeah, I'm really hopeful Obviously, it's a very, you know, turbulent time and unsettled time. And there's going to be lots of unfortunate people that really suffer. But I'm hoping the green shoots are going to be, you know, fundamentally good for our society. So, yeah, I'm sort of quietly hopeful. I think that's a really nice way of summarising an optimistic view of the future. And I think you're completely right. I'm hoping, even within my own life, to slow down and, and actually... Even, we said in the last podcast, it was quite a nice moment of decluttering. You know, when... When everyone is only speaking about one thing being coronavirus, you hear everyone's opinion. And then you suddenly, like, you see a bit of news that's just super irrelevant to your life that you've been following and consuming for the last two years. And you're like, what the fuck? Delete. And I think even that, you know, there are elements in my life I had that were taking up so much time that don't even need to be there. And that is the fluff that you're referencing. is the kind of the pointless fluff that we think that we need that we really, really don't. Uh, I like I like that. One thing I have not stopped doing is spending a lot of money on food. I don't know how I'm going to not do this. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. 
I've, I thought, you know, like, you know, you see like water, a burst pipe, or whatever, someone puts their thumb over it. I thought in a way this was going to enforce my, to minimize my spending on food. But I've just, I found that Whole Foods around the corner, and this is the most middle class I think I'm going to say all day, does these yeah. wonderful Parmesan crisps. And they're like a fiver ago. We're just stocking up on those at the moment. So, oh, very <laughs> sorry. Sorry. what a sorry, <laughs> sorry thing to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm finding a way, you know, if it's not going to be in the pub, if it's not going to be on, you know, you know, meals out, whatever. I've found I've found Parmesan crisps. Well, so you're not, not everything's going to change. You're not spending uh, <laughs> your life in a solo house at the moment, so you must be saving a bit of money. I know. Well, yeah, business expenses are definitely going down. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I think that's another thing for everyone, isn't it? Realizing that when those options are down, that people are saving a lot of money. I think yeah. by not having all those extra pressures, you know, genuinely, I feel that this could be really good for a lot of people. Unfortunately, you know, it's going to be have a huge impact on society and the economies. But again, I think maybe we'll just slow down, like you said, and actually yeah. relish the things that really matter. Yeah. I think it's yeah it's 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 good that you mentioned that because it is obviously going to it is devastating for a lot of people already and it is going to get worse. I just hope um that it makes us better as individuals and helps us get closer because I think that's definitely something everyone's aware of that we've got far from close to one another in recent years and in actual fact I think people are more disconnected than ever. So I think that's the point that a lot of people are saying the same thing is that they hope that that's what happens we're reconnecting to our home we're reconnecting to our families we're trying to reconnect to the local community um and and we're always going to remember this this turbulent time and it's something that we're all we all would have got through together which i think is going to be quite when it when we do get through it quite a nice thing to have achieved with a lot of people mm. yeah. time and money so it sounds like all this we're getting loads of time and money back andy so that's a, it's a nice way to look at it yeah exactly and you can leverage that time wisely i'll spend it Playing Xbox, but you can do a little bit of Xbox. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how we've ending, how we begun, Ian. There's a little dig in there, mate. <laughs> Hold on, wait a second. Oh, sorry, he's he's occupied. Sorry, we got a game. Oh, he's, he's, he's starting up a game. <laughs> I, 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 my guilty pleasure. I absolutely love Xbox, uh, Call of Duty. I just, but it's one of those things. Here I'm we not, go. I've had to remove it. I genuinely had to get rid of it because it's really? just such a temptation for me. And I know I, I can't use it sparingly enough, if you know what I mean. What's I your username? I'll add you up, mate. No, oh, don't, mate. That's, like, that's like getting a heroin addict back on the scab. It is, what it is. You can't do that. No, it's been, it's, it's, there's dust gathering on the Xbox. It's still in the house, don't get me wrong, but it's not It's not wired up or anything. Do that. Well, we, we all know it's the end of the world if Andy is is playing Xbox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. We're finished. I hope that. Well, Andy, mate, thank you so much for joining us yeah, for the third you. time. Um, still not, not trying to set the crown, but, uh, you know, I'm sure Josh has been quaking in his boots either way. Um, you? All the love. I hope you enjoy your confinement and I hope it brings you all the time and money back that, um, that you're promising it will do. Yes, I'm sure it will do. And thanks again for having me, lads. This is super cool. Get this out there and I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people. Cheers, thanks, mate. Sir. Thank Bye you. Nice one. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at the Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week. It's not a heat wave. These are the dog days. It's not a heat wave.